What's up, everybody? This is the Foul Territory. I'm Steven Geisler. I'm Cece, a.k.a. Connor Collins, if you were confused last time. I'm Sean. I'm Raj, and let's get into it. Uh, first of all, we just want to thank the first week listeners. Thank you for being the OGs. Hit us up uh, if you know us on uh, Instagram with some requests, whatever you want us to talk about. We're going to start our own IG, hopefully by the next podcast. So uh, we'll right. keep posting about it. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the support, guys. All right. I like, I like keeping, keeping the same the pattern going where we just start with the worst team. So let's just start with the D-backs. <laughs> yes. Bro, the Diamondbacks are an embarrassment to baseball. What the fuck is going on? So did you guys see today's game? No, it was too the no. new embarrassment. So they, they were down, down nine. They, they were down nine one in the fifth, which is like classic D backs being down nine one in the fifth. Um, and then they D backs made it nine two in the seventh, and then had a six run eighth inning to make it nine eight. But then couldn't bet it a ninth run, so they oh. lost nine eight. <laughs> I feel like they were low key under the radar off for like a while and then it finally caught on like this past week like they blew that like seven run lead or something like that to the giants that's when it really blew up and then they had that great what what record they break longest road losing streak yeah longest road losing streak they didn't win a road game in may i saw the craziest stat today about that so the yankees first triple play of the year right they have three triple plays this year which is insane first one was may 21st since from then to now the diamondbacks have had two wins total i mean since may 21st well you you just like run into wins like how do they not just like run into a win at some point it's yeah, exactly they didn't they don't have a road win since Bumgarner's like pseudo no hitter jeez remember how long we were in big remember how long ago that was like that was fucking a long time ago i mean the one stat i do have that i found hilarious was i was looking up like team war because i was just curious and so the league leader in team war is the astros with eight like the average is zero the braves have like 0.1 and like 15 the pirates are 29th with negative eight the d-backs negative 13.6 it was like 6.7 on offense and seven point something on pitching i was like holy shit they literally have like three players of value like it's like what Marte, Peralta's okay. Escobar has like 15 home runs. Like that's it. So I was gonna, yeah, for like usually when a team sucks as bad, they'll sell at the trade deadline. But yeah. what are you selling? I, no I, one's I, taking Bumgarner's contract. No. I think like, Marte is your yeah, is your only one. Maybe Escobar, because he's a big home run hitter. Maybe. Like Bumgarner is a big reason why they're in the position they're at because that's a huge bust of a contract. What was it, five years, 85 mil or something like that? I thought it was even worse. I mean, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, Steve, look, um, I'm just like, it, I think like. 85, it was, but I mean, he's been an awful, I mean, not awful, but he's been definitely disappointing for them. And yeah. They don't put a lot of their players. So when you miss on a contract like that, that's, that's how you're going to end up. Yeah. I just Do think they have like, any prospects, I was going to say? The Diamondbacks? Yeah. I'll look that up, but, like, I doubt it. It's the Diamondbacks. And it's such a small market, too. Like, it's such a killer. I don't th- – that's what I was going to get into. It's not really a small market. It's Phoenix. I mean, like, that's a pretty big market. 
and also they're really the only team in like that southwest yeah and i was gonna get into the the nl west like again people talking about it as the best division has that it has them and the rockies which is why i don't think it's the best division well the rockies have like a ridiculous record at home they just can't win on the road i mean but again it's like i think the rockies are probably in the same tier as the diamondbacks in terms of like they're not like new york boston but like they're denver and phoenix those are pretty big oh markets. yeah for in terms of the location in terms of markets yeah all right um diamondbacks no nah, they don't have good prospects <laughs> <laughs> that's tragic um, they don't have any good players they don't have a good future Right, they go, have, watch, go watch they, the songs. That's, they have one top 50 prospect and he's number 34 and he's an outfielder that's three years away so nice. i mean that's tough <laughs> go watch Kevin you, hate to it, go you hate to see it actually i take that back their, their system is deep so they had only one guy in the top 50 but they have one second they have five guys in the top 100 so it's not bad that's not bad yeah, that's that's pretty solid yeah but i mean they is 16 16 straight losses i just don't get like with these win streaks, like, I don't get how they don't get run into a loss at some point. Exactly. Losing streaks. like what Baseball is always a sport where you just win, even if you shit, you get, like, 60 wins. Yeah, no, it, it really is, like, my, it's mind-boggling, really. How, like, I actually don't even understand. Because, like, what you said before, Raj, you should have, or it might have been season. One of you said it, like, you should be even running into wins by accident. Like, stuff should go wrong in games that lead to you getting a win. How are they not even getting that? They're on pace for 45 wins at this rate right now. Oh, that's that – oh, my God. That's way worse than I thought, honestly. Where are they, where are they picking in the draft? I don't – like, how did they do last year? They weren't good, but they weren't atrocious. I know they're not in the top, like, four, just because I know who's in front of the Red Sox, but let's see. They were 25 and 35 last year. Oh, that's one game. The Red Sox are 24 and 36. They're probably – yeah, they're picking sixth. Okay. So that's like okay, but that's yeah. actually actually I take that back. That's not good because they're f- considered five elite prospects right. in this in this draft. So that's that's a tough draw getting sixth, but it's all right. Let's hope one of the teams ahead of them fucks up if you're a Diamondbacks Pirates, fan. Yeah, Pirates are fucked up. Well, baseball's weird because one of those teams could go under slot. Yeah, and so he could someone could fall. Actually, the sixth best is uh, from Westchester for the Westchester gang out there. Henry right. Davis went to Fox Lane High School. Cool. So go Westchester. Yeah. Uh, played baseball. He actually played baseball with my friends and he didn't like them. So <laughs> he will name he will rename nameless in this in this podcast. All right. Off off the Dynavacs. On to another kind of sad topic, injuries. And also how is the substance impacting these injuries? Mm. CC, you want to give a rundown on DeGrom? Oh, I was gonna talk about the Glasnow, because I don't think DeGrom's super involved in the spider well, before we before we move on to Gladnow, CC, as a Mets fan, I want to ask you, are you worried at all about DeGrom? Like, this is like the second time this season, I think, with that same problem in his arm. Well, are you getting worried I, like this could be a recurring injury? I trust his career. I trust him. Like he's he's been doing press conferences every time he's gotten out. And he's like so honest about like the first one was a swing that he hurt his lat. The what was it elbow last week? He was like, I just felt uncomfortable. He says it didn't bother him last start, and now the shoulder he said was nothing. Like he said, it's just like wearing tear from pitching, and he's getting frustrated. But like it's three separate injuries that he's saying are not related. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine well, with cutting him down for a little while. Also, it's, it's also just still like that's what's scary is even when he's like semi hurt, how dominant he is. Exactly. 
I, last game, I think, right, he pitched three innings and eight of the nine outs were strikeouts. There's one fair that's ball ridiculous. in the game. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That was insane. Yeah, but um, to move on to the spider attack situation, I mean, I understand what MLB was trying to do, cracking down. They rushed it. And what I was confused about at first is why they did this, because literally every common sense baseball fan knew that there was a clear separation between pine tar, the sunscreen, and the spider attack, right? Like spin rates and the grip are two different things. And what I found out was that MLB cannot create a new rule in the middle of the year without consulting the Players Association. So what they did is they just cracked down on the current rule instead of instituting where rosin and sunscreen was allowed. They couldn't do that without going to Player Association first. So that's why they went all in on just cracking down on everything. And now Glasnow is one of the first guys to come out saying that's what led to his injury which is obviously awful optics to have one of your star pitchers in the league come possibly lose a season on one of the best teams in the league. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd rather there be no substances than what's going on right now, but it's a tough situation. So what you're saying is Rob Manfred fucks up again. Yes. I mean, yeah. So I'm obviously on the, I mean, I think everyone's on the side of the players and if you're not like, what are you doing? But yeah. at the same time, I'm gonna, there's two pitchers I want to highlight. First one is Glasnow. I'm sorry. He was talking about how he was like whining, like, oh, you know how hard it is to grip a bit. He was talking about it as if it was like a lube con. Like, what do you do? Like, it's not that slippery. Yeah, it's a baseball. I, like, I have to grip it. Yeah, I have seen some baseballs. They're not that much. Yeah, different. they're not like, well, like, like, oh no, like slipping well, out here's of your the hand. Thing he was kind of hinting at. He was hinting at with that is like MLB keeps changing the baseballs. And one of the things I've, at least I've heard, is that they made slippery. it. They made like the seams like more. I don't even know how to say it. Like, not as grippable. I guess you could say. Like they haven't made them as pronounced, so it is a little harder to grip the ball, which is what pitchers are complaining about and why they're claiming they went to sticky substances and stuff like that. Mm. How true that is, I don't know. I'm not on the field gripping a baseball every day, but it with, with baseball coming out and even admitting that they have messed with the balls before, it doesn't look good for MLB. No, it's definitely awful optics. And I mean, like, I just want to reiterate, like, the pine tar and the sunscreen have been around for years. Like, this isn't, like, a new thing. Like, the spider tack's new. But I think the spider tack was pitchers taking advantage of the lackadaisical approach to the rule, and they kind of pushed it further and further. I mean, pine tar's been around forever. I think the grip issues, like, whatever. I mean, obviously, I had no idea that this was injury-related. I always thought it was, like, a danger, like, we want better grip. I had no idea that could cause an injury. Oh, I believe yeah. Glass now, but wasn't so also like another thing i just want to bring up sorry yankee fans but like your ace was crying in a press conference like crying like a little girl was he really crying in a press conference about this i mean i don't know if since we're on zoom i don't know if i can show you this video i'm gonna try my best like he was i didn't see pretty... this. yeah hold up i i didn't see this either hold up yeah maybe only red sox fans were trying to show it <laughs> but here is a video. Cheers tonight. Can you hear it? Yeah. I just can't. It's, it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard to it's so hard to grip the ball. I just, you know, I mean, for Pete's sake, it's it's part of the reason why almost every I mean, for Pete's sake. It's something regardless of their picture or not, to help them help them control the ball. Um please just Please just talk to us. Please just work with us. I know you have the hammer here. For Pete's sake, for Pete's sake, for Pete's sake. For
<laughs> Great music. Was, the, the music was added on by Section yeah. 10 podcast. And, but like, I mean, that's like much I, 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 10 well, years ago. I mean, come on. Like, what are you doing? All right. You made it seem like he was sobbing. Listen, he was complaining. I, I will mean, just talk that. to us. Come on. I know you are the hammer. Just talk <laughs> to us. I don't know. I agree. Hey. His man, I'll give you this. His mannerism was totally. Don't cry. You know, his mannerism was totally wrong. But I do agree with his message. Like, there has to be communication between the league. No, and yes. Players. Yes. No, he, no I agree. Completely wrong. His message, that, yes. that was his the delivery. Shit I've ever seen. But yes. his message was right. Yes. He should have said it in a more manly way. But. <laughs> Hey, no toxic man- masculinity on the podcast. I don't want to step on Section Ten's toes too much because they did talk about this exactly this, but they were saying like, when is the last time you guys have heard for Pete's sake, like unironically? Um, Pete's sake. I think my dad said it once. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. He said it multiple times too, right? No, no, no. That was just them adding it on at the end <laughs> just, to, like, just to make fun of him. But no, he. I think he only said it once. But like, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, it highlights a more broad issue of players clearly. Like, they're starting to get more bold in terms of speaking out against management. Like, when uh, you see Rodone speaked out and was like, Astros got nothing, and, like, we're going to suspend the pitcher 10 days for this. And I was like, okay. Yeah, hold up, hold up. There's hold definitely up. a disconnect between the players and, you know, Rob Manfred. And, again, back to what we were saying with the Alonzo discussion last week. Like, what is the direction this like, – what is – Manfred trying to do like you keep messing with the balls you're not communicating with the players like what is it that you're trying to accomplish guys here? are we just going to ignore the fact that CC said speak up instead of spoke up are we just going to gloss over that I'm sorry I heard it and it hit my ear I, I didn't hear it but yeah if, if that is true you fucked up damn all right <laughs> But no, but wow, Steve correcting grammar what a day, what a day. how long did I say that you literally said it when you were talking about Rodon, uh, Rodon and I heard right. it, and I was like, wait a minute. All right, listeners, let us know if you said it, because you guys heard it. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> Who knows? Right. I, made it dumb. I think this was a main topic last week, so we've talked about this a lot. I think we should just move on. I think we, I think we, we need to wait for more information to come out. Yeah, I think, honestly, like this is probably going to be something we talk about, if not every episode, a lot, because new things are coming out literally every day. As, as exactly. most stories end, just fuck man, Fred. That's yeah. That's <laughs> that is the main right. story. <laughs> now I'm gonna go off for 30, 30 seconds to a minute on Connor Barry, our good friend's uh, request. He will probably be a feature on this podcast at some point. Yes, yes. at some point he's gonna be in the podcast. So You're I'll give him a shout out. He was asking. He asked a question. Basically, what should the Red Sox do for going into this trade deadline? Now this may just be prisoner of the moment because they just dropped two out of three to the Royals, which is bad. It's pretty bad. But Royals without Benintendi too. Um, this team, they need they need to do something. I think the team as currently built is not winning a World Series. They got to do something. I think first base can't have a 600 OPS. That's you can't do that if you're going to be an offensive oriented team. Their pitching has a nine ER. The starters have a nine ERA in June. It's not great. I mean, could could be better. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is contributing a lot as his is 16. So um, Chris Sale is going to come back, which is great. But in terms of trade deadline, what I'm doing, I'm not giving away our top seven prospects. I like all of them. So I would say give away like some lower level prospects. Um, Colin Moran is a guy I'm looking at at Pittsburgh, maybe getting him first baseman. And then in terms of bullpen, I don't, I, they need an, like an elite setup, man. Adovino's good, but he's a seventh inning guy, not an eighth inning guy. Um, 
I don't know, do the Diamondbacks have anyone? Because they're, they're definitely sellers. <laughs> um, Never a bad idea to trade with Pittsburgh. You're going to have to give up much for it. Colin Moran for, like, fucking Brian Bellow. <laughs> not, even, not even. I wouldn't even give up that. So, yeah, that, that Connor Barry, that is what I would do. I'm looking at first base, middle reliever, slash setup man, maybe a starter. I, I look at, really, 2018, what they did deadline. They traded a lower-level prospect to get Uvalde. And they traded basically nothing to get Steve Pierce at first base. I think basically that something like that. Don't mortgage the future. Don't go all in, but do something small. I also think, you know, Boston's in good hands with Heim. So, oh yeah, they have the, you know, he's like, like younger than some players. He's like 35. Yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. And I'm a big fan of him and the Rays. Actually, I don't want to say this because we're going to get into it later. Uh, next note. Um, Congrats to all of us, specifically, because the White Sox did take two out of three. Good job, boys. Also, I just want to say, I was the first one to say it, and I put game by game, got all three right. Nice. So, way to be, boys. But then again, I also, I have a little note here that I need to rescind my White Sox take. Because, yes, they took two out of three from the Rays. But then what they did, did they do? They got swept by the Astros, so. Oh really? That's well, the Rays, the Rays have lost six straight now. They lost. They got swept by the Mariners. Oh, it's such bullshit though. Like they lost four extra inning games and then two games by one run. Oh shit! Okay. Like it was. It was the like they're on. It's the most bogus six game losing streak ever. Okay. They I, they should have won at least three of those games. Okay. All right. Next up, young. I I just want to highlight the young talent in the league because I've never seen specifically hitters, not pitchers, so many like. 30-30 threats, 40-40 threats, maybe, and just mashers, like Vladdy. This has been a year for the young players. Yeah. They have been killing it all year. Vladdy, Tatis, Acuna, guys like those have been absolutely dominating baseball this year. I feel like you know I'm all year. for it. Yeah. Let the kids play, right? That's the saying. Let them play. They're killing it right now. They got young fans excited. They're bringing people in. Absolutely. Let's keep going with it. I feel like, like, this is the year that, like, MLB was waiting for. Like, they hyped up Vladdy and Tatis for a while, and, like, now it's all coming together, like, Otani, too. And, like, people yeah, are like, trying to put it together. Yeah, and I think, like, some people get frustrated with, like, the way they portray, like, a certain group of players over everyone else. And I understand that a lot. I do get that. But at the same time, it's better than nothing. Which, like, who was the face of the MLB for, like, the last 15 years? Like, it was – I guess, like, by default. Maybe. I actually agree with Cece on that. I don't even think Mike Trout was the face. Because, like, let's be honest, unless you're a baseball fan, you don't know who Mike Trout is, unfortunately. Like, Date to the study, internationally, Mike Trout was as well-known as Kenneth Fareed in the NBA, like, four years ago. Like, that's how brutal the marketing was in MLB. Kenneth Fareed's a baller, though. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> Kenneth Fareed is still, like, that's awful. Like, the best play in the MLB is that poorly well-known but i mean yeah, i think you also kind of freed anecdote um my fancy basketball league used to heavily like favor offensive rebounds i got kenneth freed every year he got like six really? he was sick my, I'm my love names was kenneth freed chicken in like seventh grade <laughs> <laughs> that's a good name too i wish i thought of that um so i have yet so soto acuna tatis vladdy jr and rafael devers who's still a young player he's 24 which you don't okay. think of he's 24 yeah. No, um are all having their best year yet actually soto's not i take that back no. um 
but those other four are having their best year yet. And Soto is still like productive. Yeah. Definitely having down year though. But I also think like thinking of young pitchers, I, I was, cause I was writing down young talent. I was just writing down. I wasn't even thinking hitters. I was just thinking players. And the first five I named were hitters. I mean, who is the best young pitcher? How old is Otani? Otani's 26. I know Soroka, he's yeah. pretty young, but he's been hurt, obviously. Right. He, he was very good, though, when he was healthy last season. Yeah, and not a lot of top prospects right now are pitchers either. And um, Mackenzie Gore sucks right now. Oh, yeah? Six ERA and AAA. He's getting shelled. Yeah, so, and he's a good young pitcher. The, the, the best pitching prospects, as far as I know, are Pearson and Gore, and both are having awful years. How old is uh, Trevor Rogers? He's a Trevor Rogers is having a good year, but I don't think he's that young. Is yeah, he? I think he's like 26, 27. Yeah. I don't know. I just think – I also think that COVID has a part to play in this because I think that hitters weren't as impacted by COVID as pitchers were. Sure. They're all timing-based, and this is just – I mean, that's just – in terms of a routine. That yeah. Up oh, more than I was anything. wrong. Trevor Rogers at 23. Oh, okay. okay. So I'll give him that. Trevor Rogers. That's good. And the A's people love. He's just Luzardo. Maybe. I mean, he's not that hyped up right now, but he's okay. He's yeah. been, no, he's been terrible, actually. He's moved to the bullpen. I, I had him in fantasy at the beginning oh of the year. God. I did not have him anymore. He's been awful. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it seems like hitters are breaking out right now and it's not the pitchers, even though we're looking at a pitcher dominated league right now compared to normal. Yeah, see hitters more because you know they're getting the home runs, they're getting the big hits. True. It's easier to highlight, so you, I think you see that more. I have to ask you the guys though. Out of all the guys we just named, who do you think, oh. like, out of out of that group we named, like who has been the best of them so far? Okay, I was gonna say it's kind of close to my hot take, but I'm gonna say Vladdy. That's not I'm my Vladdy as well. But yeah, Vladdy's the best in that group. So it's I have the wagon. We have to admit this. Hold no, on, he does a wagon, but Vladdy has a wagon. Sean's gonna say his guy. No, Sean, yeah, Sean, who? Sean, Sean, give your guy. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Obviously, Tatis is a stub. <laughs> oh, my special. God. Vladdy is having a special season. I, I, don't think it. it's, I don't think it's that hot of a take to say Tatis. No, it's not I don't, that It's, no, not, it's not, not that hot. Yeah. My biggest problem with Tatis is he keeps getting hurt. And he can't play shortstop. Yeah, and he also isn't a good shortstop. Like, he's a third baseman. He needs to play shortstop. I don't understand why they put him at third. But um, Vladdy, though, like I have there's a talent evaluator that I really like. He writes for the Boston Globe, Alex Spear. And for prospect grades where it's 20 to 80, um, 80 is considered a generational talent. 70 yeah. is considered like elite. Like mm-hmm. most a team will have like five elite pools on the entire team. And um, he grades Vladdy Jr. as an elite hitter and an 80 power, which is I've never seen. I mean, yeah. I 70 think- hit 80 power. That is like. I don't want to throw the, the B word, but that's Bonds level. Like, that's yeah. crazy. No, I, I, I can agree with that. I mean, yeah. I think that's, I mean. Every game you see, it seems like he's retaking the home run lead if someone takes it from him. Oh, I, I, I do have a problem with the MLB Instagram page, which posts Tatis, Vladdy, and Otani on just a cycle. But in their defense, the, like, those three are creating highlights every day. Yeah, no, every like, game is a must-watch when they're playing. Especially like, when Otani's pitching. Exactly. Otani, when he's pitching, you're getting both a great pitching performance and you're getting home runs galore. It's everything you want in a player. I did actually want to cover the MLB Instagram for a second, especially with their coverage of Tatis. They posted his 19th, 20th, and 21st home <laughs> runs as individual posts. They Obviously, he's a great player, but there's a bit of an oversaturation with Tatis' content, and people are – 
starting to take note of it for sure. He hit a grand, I think it was a grand slam. It was a big home run in a big game I'm, this week. I'm not sure. And they posted it twice. Like they posted it from two different angles. Also, I was like, are you kidding me? Did anyone <laughs> notice there's like those like weird, like one year MLB veterans with the check mark that comment on like every MLB post? Like, has anyone I, know, I know what I can't think of a good example, but I know what you're talking about. In basketball, it's Richard Jefferson. He comments on yes. everything. Yes. No, it's so bizarre. Like they comment, I don't know what they're, I guess they're like, want followers it's every post and they they just agree like tatis is the greatest player of all time and people just respond it's really I see the bots that are like click here if you want to see my pictures okay. and it like needs to like some all right, why were they indian steve huh <laughs> i'm just saying that's what i see i'm saying what i see they're not indian though yeah, yeah but they're not indian they're usually <laughs> girls <laughs> Oh, I see a mix of both. I see like bots everywhere. I, I, I just said they're not Indian, they're girls, as if they're Indian girls that don't <laughs> exist. That was a pretty dumb moment. I'm not going <laughs> to All right, moving on, moving on, just move on. Um, the, the next thing up actually kind of leads into what we were just saying. It's Wander time. Another elite hitter. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, he's incredible. His, so this is according to MLB.com. His hit tool is an 80, which means he's a generational Wow. Hitter. His power is a 60, which is pretty good. Run 55, arm 55, field 50. I don't know about you. That reminds me of Tatis. I was going to say, I remember. That is really similar. If I was grading Tatis, that's really similar to where I'd grade him. I feel like he had more hype than Tatis because like two years ago, like Tatis was, or I should say before he came up, like three to four years ago, Tatis was not as hyped up. Like when the White Sox traded him, like it was like a big deal. But like Wander was the guy. And like I feel and like it's been the number one prospect for like a year and a half now. I, I was gonna say it's taken a while. It feels like it's been a while, but Wander's twenty years old. Like this guy is gonna be insane. And I I, I love the timing just because like the Rays were on that slide. Like I know it's not a legit losing streak, but it's like a nice time to call him up. You just lost Glasnow. I feel like it's a big team boost, and they need that like star power that they've been lacking. So I like the timing. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that too. Like they're on a six-game losing streak. Whether it's legitimate or not, they are losing. You want, like you said before, you, they lost Glasnow. They need that big star power now to maybe push them ahead. And I think that's the perfect time to bring them up. I mean, Especially, push them ahead. They're half a game back. It's not like they're... No, yeah. no, no. But you know what? You're on that losing streak, right? You want something to push your team forward. Why not bring up who supposedly could be the next generational talent? Yeah. So his minor league numbers, he slashed 332. 398, 536, which is a 934 OPS. That sounds good. Don't get me wrong. But what you have to keep in mind is so in high, in single, low A, high A, and double A, he was on average two and a half years younger than the rest of the league. Then in triple A, he's 20 when the average triple A person is 26. So he's six years younger than the average triple A arm. So he's putting up these numbers when he's just like physically not as good as these other people. Well, I guess that's not true, but in terms of their development, he's not. And he's still putting up 934 OPS. You'd be not in the MVP candidate, maybe not, but great numbers. Yeah, I really hope he just like bursts on the scene and just goes off. Would be so I sad. don't, and I'll tell you why. Like the Red Sox are playing the Rays this week. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. You guys are both, all three of you guys, are, like scared of this guy now. I'm, I don't know. Like the only thing is, I have to, you have to think about he's a Ray. He'll be there six years. The question is, we, we should have this segment at one point, what his next team will be. I wonder what the odds are on that. <laughs> I would actually give the Yankees good odds, by the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. 
They uh, the MLB posted a video of him like getting called up. Like the whole team surprised him. It's pretty cool. That's sick. I actually saw that they have to make a corresponding move, obviously, and all the Rays fans are calling for a Brasso DFA. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Wow. That's you a, just yeah, wow. knock the Yankees out and you want to DFA. I don't know what he's doing this year. He's probably doing terrible. And they're Rays yeah, fans. Yeah. They watch the Rays every day. They know them a lot better than I do. But I mean, I thought that was kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. This is, we can still talk about Wander, but I'm just moving on to the look ahead for this week. I have four series I want to highlight and it's, like I think I'm just gonna highlight whatever series I think like are worth it. Like last year, there just happened to only be one. This week, I just think it's a great week. And there's one that may not you guys may not consider as good as the other three, but there's three that are undisputably need to be highlighted. First one, Red Sox Rays starting up. I had it anyway, but the fact that Wander's debuting makes it even more of a must-watch series. I think. Um, I'm not gonna lie, pitching mashups are underwhelming, a lot, very underwhelming. It's Tuesday, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Rich Hill. Wednesday, Garrett Richards versus Ryan Yarborough. Thursday, Nick Pavetta versus Michael Waka. That Thursday game is not a great game. Waka's still starting games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think Waka's getting piggybacked by Archer. I think Waka throws like three yeah. and then Archer throws three. Mm. And I know Yarborough was a big uh, spider tech guy. Like his spin rate went down a ton. So oh, but who was he going against? The guy whose spin rate went down by, I think, 300 RPM, Garrett Richards. He actually, oh, I, oh I should, we should have talked about this in the beginning. I, I should have, I, that's my bad. He went on, on, he talked to the media after his last game and said, straight up. Yeah, I couldn't use a substance, so I couldn't throw my, he didn't throw his curveball, which is <laughs> one of his best pitch. He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't throw my curveball. So I just was throwing fastball cutter the whole game. He's like, if the MLB wants four home run games, here you go. You're going to get them. And he was just like, I'm going to have to develop a changeup. I can't throw my curve. And it was just like, why are you admitting this, dude? Like, what are you doing? He just really, like, went all out. He's like, fuck Gave him the scatter report. So, looking also, at the pitching matchups, what's up? The exciting thing about your, that series you were talking about also is it's going to be a battle for first place in the AL East. That's like, why it's, yeah. This series is probably going to pull ahead. Like, well, they are. Red Sox are yeah, Mathematically, yes. Mathematically, whoever wins the series yes. is going to get first place. <laughs> but these pitching matchups don't favor the Red Sox whatsoever. So, even as a Red Sox fan, I'm going to give the Rays two out of three. Okay. I'm going to go on that and just say yes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say the Rays lose the Wacus there because he pitched the Nets and he sucked ass. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. I think, I think the, sec, the first game, Erod versus Hill, Rodriguez sucks right now. I think the Rays win it. The second game, I think, is the closest, Richards versus Yarbrough, because Yarbrough hasn't been good since the spin rate thing, but neither is Richards. So we have no idea what we're getting from either of those. Pavetta's actually not been bad, and Wacus just, I mean, not good. So I give the Red Sox that one. You too. Any record predictions? I can see Boston taking two out of three. Okay. I think their offense is definitely good enough, to, especially with the pitching struggling. It's just going to be, can the Rays offense also match it? But I don't think it will. I think with Martinez, Devers, Bogarts, right? I think you guys have a good enough of a hitting team that if Rays pitching is struggling, you guys are going to take advantage of that. So I don't think you're going to sweep them. But I do see, as much as it pains me to say, the Yankee fan, I do see Red Sox taking two out of three. Okay. Is anyone going to predict a sweep when we do this? I'm. I'm gonna. There is a one of these four series. I am predicting a sweep. Just letting you guys know. Okay. There, there is one that enough to do that for this series. But uh, I, I go with the Rays. I feel like, as you mentioned before, their winning, their losing streak was kind of, you know, a lot of close games. So maybe it could balance out, and you know, they start winning a couple of close games. 
I, I mean, I feel like when you have a streak like that, it's going to correct itself. And Wander being up there might energize him a little bit, add that extra bit of juice. I'm not sure, but I do want to do something. Uh, one Wander home run in the series. Okay. I, I was going to say Wander, maybe not a home run. He's going to come up in a moment that's big. Mm. And I think just being, I mean, he's a beast. I, he's going to do, I think he's going to, my prediction for the series is he's going to do something that largely impacts one of the games. Okay. Whether it's a big strikeout in a big moment or a big home run, oh, yeah. moment, I think there's one mo- there's going to be a moment where Wander Franco's up and it's one of the bigger at bats of the game. Just it just works that way. I don't know why. I'll make the rules. Just that's <laughs> how it works. My no. next series, which I would maybe the best series. I, I I'm going to say it's the best series of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Dodgers, Padres, part what three, four, um, some part, but- some parts. Three and a half. We'll the biggest it. rivalry in the West right now. So this is a, and also I was talking about the last last series. The pitching matchups were underwhelming. Holy fuck, are these pitching matchups not Ooh. underwhelming? Oh, not underwhelming. Okay. Monday, Urias versus Darvish. Oh my god, that's a good that's a good matchup. Tuesday, Kershaw versus Snell. <laughs> also good. Yeah. Wednesday, Bauer versus Musgrove. So that's, I mean, those I, are all exciting pitching matchups. We can argue. We can argue. Urias versus Bueller. I think Bueller's probably better, but that's Dodgers three of their top four, and I would say the Padres top threes. So this is gonna be great. Yeah, yeah it's definitely uh, gonna be a series you you're gonna want to watch. I think. Both again, both are offensive powerhouses, obviously, and you're right. I think the I think the pitching is gonna make or break the series. I think it's gonna be a battle of the pitchers who can hold out longer and who can limit the damage more. I pers- uh for my prediction for the series, I'm going to go Dodgers. I want to go Dodgers. I don't know if I want to go two out of three or sweep. I think Ooh. Dodgers are winning the series, but I don't know if they're going to sweep. I was going to go Dodgers sweep. Wow. I like the – I think Snell's awful. Like, he had that one good start against the Mets, and then he followed up with an awful start against the Mets. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's he, – before he's and after – yeah, in San Diego, reminder. Okay, oh, so that's more bold. I'm st- I'm sticking with it. I don't know. I like okay. the Dodgers. I respect it. I mean, I watched the Padres. They played like six games against the Mets, and like they they have some solid hitters, but like they're not like it, it's also hot and cold. The Padres were cold when the offensively when playing the Mets, but I don't know. This Dodgers team, their their record indicates an elite team, and I feel like they're not even at full power yet. It's it's their year again. Like, I don't know. Kershaw versus Snell is an easy win for me. What's the uh, – Urias versus who? Darvish. Okay, so that's right, That's a tough one. That's a tougher one. I think Darvish, they give they get three runs on him. Urias pitches all right. And then what's we, uh, the third one's Musgrove versus – Bauer Musgrove. Bauer Musgrove. I think they're all great. I mean <laughs> – Yeah. I mean, it's probably one team's taking two out of three, but to make it interesting, I'm going to say Dodgers sweep. Listen, when the weakest pitcher in the series is Blake Snell, it's a yeah. pretty fucking good series. I have I have Dodgers two out of three. I think Darvish wins the Padres the first game, and I think the Dodgers take the next two with Kershaw and Bauer. Sean? I'd go Dodgers as well, uh, two out of three. I think if you actually look at the Padres, they got swept by the Rockies not too long ago. It is the Rockies at home, which is a different animal, but they're a very streaky team lately. They like going kind of hot and cold. Uh, so I'll take the Dodgers in the series two out of three. All right. Next series. I don't know if you guys know that this is happening, Sean and Steve. This weekend is Red Sox-Yankees. No, no, don't worry. Big, big time, big time series. Again, 
I, I don't know if it's just the Red Sox that their name, their pitchers are underwhelming. Underwhelming pitching matchups. Friday is Herman versus Perez. Okay. All right. No comment. <laughs> Saturday is Montgomery versus Uvalde. Sunday night baseball, Cole versus Rodriguez. There's a mismatch in there. Clearly. Yeah, no, the Sunday game I may not watch. Um, it's gonna be a tough one, but I think. I mean, if we want to just go, don't even preview. We've talked about the Red Sox and Yankees plenty. Let's just go into predictions. I'm not pit matchups favor the Yankees. I'd say Herman is better than Perez. I would take Uvalde over Montgomery, and then Cole is slightly better than Rodriguez. I think, but yeah, slightly, slightly. But Boston in Fenway. Okay. But that's not good. Red Sox don't play well at Fenway for some reason. I, I can't figure it out why. I've gone through tons of theories, looked up for stats to back it up, and they just disprove me at every corner. Okay. I can't figure out why they're not winning at home, but they're not. They're the best road team in baseball and, like, middle of the pack in terms of at home. Weird. I want to give my prediction. I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Yankees. I know I killed them last week with good reason. However, now we swept the Blue Jays who are a good team, good young core. And we took two out of three against the A's, who have been outstanding on the road this year. Today was bullshit, was- but okay, go on. Oh, yeah. But uh, so it gives me a little more optimism going into this week and into next weekend. I think the pitching matchups favor us a little bit. I think the biggest question mark is Herman. Herman can have a great start or Herman can have a terrible start. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the- pretty – in terms of my predictions, I'm – I think Saturday I'm easily going to pick the Red Sox, and Sunday I'm easily going to pick the Yankees. It's that Friday game. Yes, I think that Friday game, again, I think it really depends on Herman. Her, if Herman has one of his better starts, I think Yankees take it. I think if Herman shits the bed, I think Red Sox take it. I think it all depends on how Herman does. And what's been scary is his last couple of starts have not gone so well for Herman, whether that's spider tack related or not. I don't know. I'm not. I haven't seen his RPMs go down or not. I haven't checked up on it. Perez uh, is the matchup for that game, right? Perez Ramon. Yep. Yeah. Perez has also been struggling of late. Mm-hmm. Could be a lot of bullpen arms in that game. I mean that that is true, but I mean Perez is just like he had a better start his last start. He's. I don't think I don't think his decline is due to spider attack. I just think he was overperforming, and mm-hmm. that now he's just falling back to earth. I think it's just a natural ebb and flow but i think that's I, kind of the same with herman quite honestly like i never thought herman was a great pitcher just herman has always kind of lucked out and the yankees offense has always kind of exploded when he's pitched his era was half of his fifth so okay. he's yeah he was lucking out yeah exactly so well speaking of lucking out i'm worried about chapman this series because he got away with uh one one of the games against uh, toronto and then obviously this game against oakland with the triple play he threw he's two strikes. Very lucky. What was that? Two strikes. Do you get a save? Two. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, and that's counting the triple play because that if it balls and put in play, it's counted as a strike no matter what. So before that, he had eleven balls and one strike. You know, listen, Chapman has definitely. I think Yankee fans have clearly woken up their eyes to Chapman struggles without substances. I'm going to say, though, in his defense, this – or not really in his defense, but this is more than spider attack. I think this is a head case issue. I mean, not throwing <laughs> strikes is one thing. Like, not being able to find the strike zone for, like, what? How many how many shaky uh, appearances has he had? Like, five in the last six? 
Yeah. Like, I mean, it's more in your head than anything else. Like, the guy knows how to throw a baseball. Yeah, listen, like yesterday he hit 103. Ridiculous. His velocity's back up. However, I think you're right. I think he had a couple bad inning, uh, you know, a couple bad finishes. I think you're right. I think a lot of it is head game. I think it's in his back of his head, like, oh, shit, I'm struggling. And I think Sean's right. He's lucked out the past couple of games. Triple play today, you know, we had that weird play that we'll get into later with the Blue Jays. Like, there, he, he's lucked out a couple of times into saves. Yeah, for sure. So what, are you, what are you saying, Steve? Two, Yankees, Red Sox? I, I'm going Yankees two out of three. I okay. think we take Sunday, and then I think Friday we'll take it. I do think we're going to lose Saturday. Montgomery is not – Montgomery just – I don't know. I could go a whole episode on explaining my problem with Montgomery, but He's good I think we're going to Saturday. Well, the only man with no uh, worse in the race is me, and I'm going to say Yankees two out of three. But I'm going to say that they win the first two, and Garrett Cole gets embarrassed on Sunday night. Is that a hope or your actual thought? That's <laughs> my actual. I think the Red Sox are going to hit him pretty early on. I think he's going to go like max four innings. He's going to have a bad start. Going off that, I'll give you my. This could be my hot take. Red Sox sweep. Oh. Oh, okay. Listen okay. to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Friday, we've said is a, is. A toss-up, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say the Red Sox win it, right? That's oh, that's probably the, that's a big leap. Saturday, I think they're they're better. I think they win it. Going into Sunday night baseball, you've now lost five straight to the Red Sox. Mm. Fenway's packed. It's hundred percent now. That's going to be a full ballpark. Garrett Cole has never pitched at packed Fenway in this rivalry. He hasn't been. He's been shaky. Now the caveat to this is Eduardo Rodriguez sucks dick. So. <laughs> That's a big. That's a big factor. But I, I don't think Garrett Cole going into Fenway on Sunday Night Baseball after losing five straight. Obviously, they have to win the first two. But losing five straight, I'm feeling very nervous going into that. My, my counter to that is Cole has shown up in big moments. Like I'll, I'll give my most recent example. Spire Tax story first broke right. Donaldson called him out. That next game, especially now again, it was against Donaldson, so there might have been like you know some personal rage there. He was, you know, he went strong. So I will say that there are moments under pressure where Cole definitely has excelled, but you are right. It is a 100% different atmosphere when you're a Yankee pitcher in a packed Fenway, you know, on a losing streak to your biggest rival. I just think like, I mean, I'm sorry, you're not comparing a limited capacity target field to full capacity. No, no, no. I, I am just saying there are examples of him handling pressure well, but I am giving you that they are two completely different situations, and I personally don't know how he's going to handle it. I was at the 2013 World Series when Michael Waka was the young darling of the fucking National League and came in game six, and the chance started from the start. Waka, Waka, left the mound on the third inning and probably went to cry in the clubhouse. He got shelled. <laughs> It's it's different. It's just especially Red Sox. Oh, Yankee. Especially it, it, Red Sox exactly. One hundred percent is especially you have the rival history. Yeah. I'm actually I'm excited. I am excited. I'll throw. I also don't think that it's just because it's Fenway. I would say the same thing. Going if it's a Sunday night baseball game, and the Red Sox have lost five straight, and Chris Sale's going at the Yankee Stadium. Same thing. That's, yes, a, that's a different animal too. When you are when you are playing your biggest rival in a packed stadium, especially also it's Sunday night baseball. So you know national television is playing it. it. It is a big, you know, it is a big 
pressure. It is a lot of pressure, and some guys can't handle it. I personally, and again, this might be my Yankee hope, right? As a Yankee fan, my Yankee bias showing. I personally think Garrett Cole can handle it, but you don't know. You don't know until the game is played. But I do see Yankees taking two out of three. This is also a weekend series, so I just want to keep this in mind. If the Red Sox, like, get fucked by the Rays, I'm going to amend this. So mm-hmm. if the Red Sox, like, are struggling against the Rays and clearly are not right, I'm gonna and the Yankees win their series, I'm going to amend this and be like, no, they're not sweeping, they're not sweeping. So I'll text you guys that amendment if I see, if I deem it fit. If they, if they like, take two out of three from the Rays, we're on. All right. To get my prediction, uh, I actually think Boston takes two out of three. I'm not happy with the way Herman is pitching, and I think Montgomery – I can see this type of game where, like, the pitching is bad, the Red Sox bats get to them early, and they just kind of give up and throw their shitty relievers out and just kind of give up the first two games. I definitely think the Cole is their best chance of winning, obviously, with a pitching matchup. But I'm not, I'm not optimistic that the Yankees could even win this series. I respect, I respect the unbiased, but what are you doing? Yeah, me and Sean have opposite picks. I have yeah. first two and who's in last. This is a rare day when CC sides with the Yankees over Sean. <laughs> Listen, I, I like it. You're doing your that. unbiased opinions. I like it. Okay. I mean, if you want my unbiased opinions, it's Red Sox two out of three. I'm just extending it because I'm yeah, Red Sox. No, it's yeah. Bad, All right, me. next series. This might this is not as flashy, but it's a huge rivalry or. I actually don't know if it's a big rivalry, but it should be. Oakland versus the Giants. The Bay Area teams. Yeah, I think it's big because Giants have been really good this season. And A's have, you know, A's are kind of like the Rays, always find a way to do pretty well. I, and you're right. It is it, – if it's not a big rivalry, it should be. You, have, you know, battle for the Bay. But – Why would you just name it? You know what? I'm copywriting that. Hold on. Battle for the Bay. I like it. Right? All right. That's copyright. If anybody steals that on ESPN, I'm suing their ass. I'm using this podcast. All right. Someone someone challenge me and be like, oh, it's not a big series. I mean, the A's fan base sucks and they're going to leave soon. So, all right. Nice. (laughs) Of the four series that I just mentioned, the A's and the Giants have the best combined record. Interesting. Wouldn't see coming, but those teams are both insanely good. Who pitching matchups? I have series. What's up? Who picked the A's to go to the World Series? Nice job. Thank you. So cool. We're not even halfway through the season, but nice job. You're so cool. Can I be you? You're so. You cool. you also think Pete Alonso was better than Tatis? So still true. Still true. Okay. Still true. Oh, projection. The hottest team. Right, so the the pitching matchups are Minea versus Cueto on Friday, Frank Montas versus Alex Wood on Saturday. And I don't even know his first name, Irvin, versus I don't even know his first name, Long, on Sunday. Okay, it's Cole Irvin. I don't know Long, though. Long. His name's like Johnson. Johnson Long. Johnson Long. I'm going with it. It's Cole Irvin versus Johnson Long on Sunday. Long, comma, Johnson? Long, comma, Johnson. That's a fire name. So Big Dick Long gets the ball on Sunday. I think this is – I have a sweep, a sweep on this one. Okay, I'm just going to argue uh, in terms of this being a big series, the silence uh, on our takes in this series is kind of proving my point that no one has anything on the A's versus Giants. I mean, like, fair point. They're interesting teams, but, like, I don't know. You wait for the playoffs in these games. I mean, the Giants are bizarre. We said it. Did we talked about the Giants last podcast. Like, just a ton of veterans. I mean, it's working out for them. It's cool. They have a fan base. The A's were legit. They look legit. Series is in San Francisco. Okay, big ball, uh, 
was it pitcher's ballpark? I'll I'll say A's take two out of three. What do you think? Johnson Long gets the dub on Sunday. I I think Johnson's gonna big uh, Dick Johnson. I think a pull through. I think a pull out. Yeah, pull through. Ooh. Steve, Sean. I'd lean Oakland in the series. I mean, Steve, we just saw them play the Yankees. They're a good team. They're a solid team. They definitely uh, – Each game they, against the Yankees, they had a first inning home run. Wait, did you guys go to a game? No. no we have something called television, and on the television, they play games. And you watch those games. Steve, I'm tempted to kick you right now. <laughs> if you do it from Westchester while I'm on Long Island, do kick it. Kick you from the fucking Zoom, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Not kick you in person. <laughs> Also, you say on Long Island? Jesus. Fucking Are you an in-person? You're in Long Island? Island. Hold up. We're solving this right now. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm with Steve. It's on Long Island. It's exactly. You live on Island. Island. Yo, Anthony, when you watch this, hit me up. Is Steve an idiot or am I an idiot? Sean, give me your take. Where was I with Oakland? No, no. Hold up. Give your take on the honor in. No, I, yeah, I want to hear this. Why do what? you think it's I asked Anthony, my cousin. I need to know. He lives in Long Island. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know what I'm talking about. I just think on Long Island sounds stupid. So he's in the island, like underground? You think that sounds better? Yeah. Long Island makes more sense to me. I, I'd go on Long Island. I go on Long Island. How about I'm the Long Island native? So. That too. Are you in America or on America? That's not an island. What do you mean? What is how island you, is the is the determining factor here? Yeah, yes, it is the island because it's it, you're right. If like right now I'm in Westchester. So are you in Japan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that an island? No. Well, yeah, it has to be the island. The different Japanese islands. Have an island in the name. Are you in Honolulu? That's a city, not an island. You really don't know islands. I can't name a single island. Actually, I take that back. Honolulu may be the name of the uh, the big the island that has Honolulu on it. Yeah, Bermuda. We need a geography course. We do need a geography. Jesus Christ. Okay. Hold up. But no, all right. So let me explain why. Cece, when you're writing a sentence and you're stranded, there's an island involved. You're stranded. What do you say? I'm stranded. I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, you say I'm stranded on an island. Okay, but that's not a specific island. But I'm, you're putting, if you put island in a sentence, you're on it. You're on an island. Okay. We can agree. Steve stupid. No, wait, Steve is well, stupid. Steve is stupid, but I agree with him right now. All right, truce. All right. Damn. All right, hot takes. Anyone got any? Uh, I got one. I had one. Hold up. Uh, mine is at a bizarre time, but I'm just gonna stick with it. Juan Soto is better than Ronald Acuna. Wow. This is an awful time to say this. Yeah, bad timing. Because Acuna just hit a home run today. I think he's got like 21 or something, and he's got like a. Uh, OPS over a thousand and Acuna uh, Soto doesn't, but you know what Soto does have? Uh, a decent OPS and he sucks this year. So basically, when he's good, really, you're really supporting your argument. Yes. But what he does have that I actually like is he can walk a lot, right? So was, he walked 20% last year, which is outrageous. It's down to 18, which I mean, you know, it's still really good. It's still ridiculous. His, his strikeout rate has always been relatively low i mean acuna's always strike struck out more than him and uh i mean the one big thing the difference between the two this year is soto's barrel percentage last year was 18.3 which is outrageous this year it's down to 11 and like i don't know and acuna's this year is like at 19 which is like i mean i don't know how much the barrel percentage is like luck based compared to skill based like obviously acuna has a higher barrel percentage because he's sick i don't know how much is like where you're like all right well that's getting lucky I mean, I think 
like you can assume that he might get back down to like 15 or something. But I think the one thing in Soto's favor is just his plate discipline. Obviously, when you look at like um, off speed, Acuna is like way better. Like he can jack off speed, whereas Soto tends to either just take the pitch or miss. But it's awful timing. But I think if I was making a team, I would stick with Soto over Acuna. Your timing is terrible. We can't, we're not going to argue it, but I'll say this going into the season, I had the fifth pick in fantasy baseball. Obviously fantasy baseball is only offense. It doesn't factor in the defense. Yeah. I had on my, on my board of the five, the five guys I wanted, I had bets at one just because he scores so many runs just because he's in the Dodgers offense. I had Soto at two. I yeah, did. I, have, think, I had Soto at two. I think last year, this take isn't that hot. I mean, it's no. probably like more 50, 50, whereas Acuna's season now has put him in the lead. But I mean, you got to remember they're like what twenty three. Like this is yeah. far from over. So, I think Soto's younger. Actually, he's like, no, he must be because he was in the World Series two years ago. He he's twenty two. Yeah, he's twenty two. Okay. Okay, I know he was younger than twenty one when he won the World Series because I remember the story. Acuna's twenty three. They had like all the champagne, okay. and the joke was like he wasn't even old enough to drink. Mm. But uh, but yeah. Also, has never been to an All Star game, Juan Soto, which is insane. A little bit of an asterisk on that one because there's no All-Star game last year. Yeah. Sure. All right, I got it. I don't like it's, this isn't going to hit home like as much as you did, but it is a hot take. I think Rafael Devers puts together a season of 40 home runs and 60 doubles, which has never been done in LB history. This year? No, not this year. Not this year. Oh, okay. Um, so as of right now, uh, I'll just. So in 2019, he had 32 home runs and 54 doubles. Um, this year, as of right now, he's on track for 42 home runs and 50 doubles. So he has to improve the doubles. But in, if you look at in the modern era, the doubles leaderboards are Nick Castellanos at 58 a few years ago, which is number one. Uh, I have, what was that fucking guy's name? Uh, I have his last name is Delgado. Was it Carlos Delgado? On the Mets? Carlos yeah. Delgado? Yeah. So he hit 57 and then Noma hit 56 in 2003. Wow. So that is the three modern era. That are the top, the top three. Jose so no, one's ever, no one's ever hit sixty doubles. People have, but it was from the twenties and the thirties, and I don't count that. Okay, that's fair. So, enough. Um, Devers plays in the right ballpark. Fenway breeds doubles. I talk about this all the time. Fenway Park is a hitter's ballpark. It is not a home run ballpark. It takes away a lot of home runs, but it takes away outs and turns them into doubles. It takes away home runs and turns them into doubles. So it's just a doubles paradise. And I think Devers is the kind of guy that will take advantage of that. And I think one, he's twenty four. He's very young. I think one of these seasons, he's going to put together a 40 home run, 60 double season. Granted, he has to stay in Boston because if you go somewhere else. That's got to be MVP, right? Or like at least top three. Uh, his defense sucks. The only thing. So that maybe I would say if any other player did it, maybe. But actually, I take that back. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Devers is above average on defense this year. Next year. His defensive run saves is one. <laughs> so it's slightly above average. I think the funniest thing this year in fantasy was when I sat Devers and wasn't paying attention. And then Raj woke up to like, woke up one morning and we were like talking fantasy and he just goes, yo, like, aren't you, why aren't you playing Devers? I was like, why? And he goes, he has like three home runs in the past five games. I was like, fuck. They were all like two runs, three run home runs too. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's been doing well for me ever since I put him in though. So he had a home run today. Good. I'm playing Sean. So (laughs) wait, hold on. Let me check the score. Let's see. Sean. I think you're winning. Oh, you beat me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the end of the week. I lost to Merriam on some fucking bullshit. I was up one strikeout, and we were tied in saves. And uh, 
Fucking Kimbrel came in, got a two strikeout save, and that was it. I lost. I was so mad. Oh, God damn it, Kimbrel. Fucking Kimbrel. All right, what are you Yankee fans' hot takes? All right, so my hot takes, it's very specific to Yankee fans, but so there's this one trade that we made, and a lot of Yankee fans, when they love to freak out after a loss, love to say fire Cashman, they love to point to this trade to justify why he needs to be fired. And it was the Mike Talkman trade for Wandy Peralta. And everyone acts like what? we lost this trade. We got fleeced. We did not lose the trade. Wandy sucks, but Talkman's not starting over Gardner. He's not, you know. Why are you? Can I just say that this is such a representation of the Yankees fan base is to say that we need to fire our GM. And the reason that we are in fourth place is because we lost Mike Talkman and got Wandy Peralta. Exactly. We're not saying well, we're not saying that other idiot Yankee fans are. I'm pointing out that the hot take is that we didn't get fleeced. This trade doesn't actually matter. There's no reason to justify firing Cashman because it's literally only a hot take in comparison to dumbass Yankee fans. Like normal (laughs) people are like, yes. It needs to be said though. No, I agree. I I think it does. Yeah, like Mike Talkman's hitting 171. Realistically, starting over Brett Gardner. I think that is relevant because I look, I can see like who, what list, like where the people that are from listen to our podcast. Um, 90% of our listeners are from New York. So I think New York, New York stuff is pretty relevant. I just want to go, Sean, did you just say that you, Brett Gardner's playing over Talkman? He would, like, if they were both still on the team, Brett Gardner would definitely start. Talkman, the reason why he's not on the team is because there is no reason to have him because he's still, he can't hit like Gardner, which is crazy to think that Gardner can be a better hitter than someone. So wait. How bad is Talkman? Yeah, how bad is Talkman? If Gardner's a better hitter? Yeah, he's hitting 171. If you look at his baseball savant, it's a lot of blue circles, and he's like bottom fifth percentile in almost every single offense. Is he a gold glove defender, though? He's a very good defender, but like Gardner is still above average. He can still play. He's actually a faster. He's a faster. Support Sean and kill Sean at the same moment here. All right. So I don't think, I don't agree with the Gardner thing. I don't think Talkman starts in our outfield either way, though. I think Andujar's hitting is superior to Talkman's. So I think even though Talkman is definitely a better defender than Andujar, there's no argument about that. Andujar's defense hasn't been as bad as people would have thought. It hasn't really cost us any games. And when he's hot, which he has been, uh, his hitting is far superior. And then I think you have Frazier and Judge. So I will give him that I think – Talkman wouldn't start anyway. I will disagree with him that I don't that I think Gardner starts over him. I mean, you're supporting his argument. I'm supporting his argument that the tr- that we didn't lose the trade. I okay. think the trade was terrible for both teams. I don't think personally when you're getting Talkman and Peralta involved, I don't think anybody wins that trade. <laughs> but two below I average think that he is right that we didn't get fleeced because we didn't need Talkman. We. Not that we need Peralta because Peralta's kind of been fucking us, but at least there was a reason to get a relief pitcher. If you know what I'm saying, like, do you know what I'm saying? Okay, I don't know. You got one of your own, Steve? Yeah, again, kind of geared towards Yankee fans. But CC, I think you'll freak out about this because you love to claim this guy their best player. But uh, I uh, think Fra- I think tread deadline comes. I think Frazier goes before Andujar. Hey, what did I say? I said I can't wait for you guys to trade him. Because you know what he's going to do? He's going to have a freaking 10-year, three- to four all-star game career with whatever no-name team you guys trade into. And you're going to be talking about 
freaking Brian Cashman. Goddamn Brian Cashman trades away an asset again. I like Cashman. I, listen, I like Cashman. Okay. But trade away a future. I haven't blamed guy. him. I haven't blamed him for anything, personally. But uh, really, I blame the team because we have a lot of young talent. We have a lot of good talent. And just they're all playing like shit right now. So I don't know who to blame on this, but putting Lance Lynn in the bullpen in 2018 is one of the worst moves I've ever seen. (laughs) A workload starter, or sorry, a workhorse starter in the bullpen. And the game he came in, he four pitch walked the first guy he pitched to, and then let up a three run triple. He's not like you don't put him in the bullpen. Yeah, no, you listen, listen. We're talking about now, okay? (laughs) All right, let me just for the Clint Frazier thing. First of all, he's at a low point in value. So why would you do that? And second of all, who is this guy you want to play so bad to get rid of? What do you mean? You're, you're getting rid of Clint Frazier. Who do you want to play? I think you take him and you package in maybe like a couple of low prospects and or you also you could package in money, right? We have plenty of that as everyone loves to point out. And I think you go for like Marte or, you know, another decent outfielder who's been hitting well, someone who can help get our offense going. That's in personally what, what I would do. Frazier. Again, that's my hot. This is my hot take, which is why okay. it they is a, a stupid trade. There's no way that Clint Frazier gets you Cattell Marte. I mean, He's not. But yeah, I listen. That's why you package stuff with him. It's not a straight up trade. You package stuff. Okay, so you give that up works. one of your top prospects. If not one of like not like a top move, top, but like I could see like you know. Listen, the point. You name three Yankees prospects. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I Besides Jason Dominguez, like I can't. I'll, okay, I, two I, of them have pitched for the Yankees. That's really bad. Clark Schmidt and Davey Jackson Garcia. Clark Davey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Well, no, well, all right. I don't really – I guess they are prospects. My bad. I, I'm thinking, like, you know, people I haven't seen yet. I mean, I don't, the biggest argument against Clinton is you're not going to get much for him. Like, I get that you don't want him to play, but trading him right now doesn't really seem to be worthwhile. And, again, CC, hot take. That's how it works. The rest of you go, I don't see it. And I go, okay, I do. I could definitely see it, though. There's not really going to be space on him for the roster if, you know, if somehow they are on a playoff run. I think I think my biggest argument is more if it comes down to a trade between him and him and Andujar, let's be honest, every, every trade deadline, those are the two names that come up. I think where, like, last year and the year before, you know, uh, and Duhar was that first name. Mm-hmm. I I think now I think Frazier becomes that first name to get traded. That's all that's right. what I'm saying. All right, pitcher time. Who's got a pitcher they want to highlight? Mm, I'll start. I got a uh, wait. Oh, I was gonna say Otani, but I don't have Otani. Who is my guy? Oh, I'm starting with a negative pitcher, Amir Garrett. Oh, yeah, has anyone paid attention to this? Amir Garrett is awful. Like. The Reds, I mean, I feel like the Reds' bullpen has got to be, like, near the worst in the league right now. Like, they have such a slept-on offense, like Jesse Winker's going off, Nick Castellanos going off, and yet they like, they seem to be hanging right around uh, 500. And I think it's a big part is their bullpen. I mean, I just want to list off these things real quick. Exit velocity for Amir Garrett, 2%. Uh, hard hit percentage, 2%. Expected ERA, 7%. Barrel percentage, 2%. Walk rate, 7%. Expected slugging, 6%. So, rather rather not great. 
Uh, don't mean to be a downer, but the guy is struggling. Uh, I mean, he has an ERA right now. This is through how many appearances has he made? 27 appearances. He has an ERA of nine. Like, has that happened before? Like, that's not I mean. Well, I mean, there was a point last year where Otani had an infinite ERA because oh, Roger almost threw his phone at the wall. Oh, yeah. That was one start, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Weber, career for the Red Sox, I think his ERA is in, in double digits. Wow. Okay. He's, he's bad. So he's not alone. But Amir Garrett is struggling, and I think it highlights the bigger issue for Cincinnati. And, I mean, the guy's been good in the past. He was a 2.46 last year. So, I mean, if he – Magically picks it up. I look deeper into it. It's his fastball is just getting creamed. The, the expected slugging on his four seamer is seven thirty six. Oh. How? How is that possible? And why are they putting him out there every day? And just stop throwing your fastball. I, that's all I gotta say. Amir, if you're listening to this, I, I like you. But Jesus, take it in up. What, in what universe is Amir Garrett listening to this? <laughs> I don't know. He's a big. He, he pays attention to the fans. Yeah, I mean, but we're not, we're not fans. You just trashed him for two minutes. Yeah, my bad, man. <laughs> only I, I, I honestly only know and know is using the term loosely one Cincinnati Reds fan, and it was the guy to like giving beer out at Fenway Park. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. the only Reds fan I think I've ever met. That was the randomest thing. Wait, what happened? I was the entire time. I just it held it over Sean's head that I was going to just scream that he's a Yankee fan at all the Fenway at all the people in Fenway Park. Because I was wearing my Pontius jersey, of course. I don't know what guys. happened that I just I, – I, I, I lost it. So I, the, the guy that, like, runs around going, go bear, like, at the games, I, was, I just said, you know, he's a, he's a Yankee fan. And he fist bumps him, and he goes, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're working at Fenway Park. Why are you fucking Cincinnati Reds fan? That's so strange. Also, why are you just admitting that to random people in the stands? Like... It was just a bizarre encounter. The guy, he was a weird guy, but, like, it was yeah, a bizarre was. encounter. All right, I got – because fuck you, Yankee fans. I have Garrett Whitlock as my pitcher to highlight. He's a Rule 5 pick from the Yankees. I'll give a rundown on what the Rule 5 draft is. Basically, like, I, I think four after you get drafted for four, four years after that, if you're a top, top one of the top guys, you have to add him to the 40-man roster. If you don't, he's eligible for what's called a Rule 5 draft, meaning any other team can take him. But they have to have him on their major league roster the entire year. They can't send him down. So Garrett Willock has to be on the Red Sox this entire year. He can't go to Worcester. So that's the risk in doing it. You don't want to take someone and then just being like, oh, fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I have to have this roster spot filled by him. Like, this sucks. So they got him from the Yankees because he was coming off Tommy John and the Yankees were like, he's not worth protecting. So they didn't add him to the 40-man. Red Sox poach him. He's, like, fucking crazy. He's been sick. I have, I'll share my screen again just to show you guys something. But his ERA is 1 4 through 34 innings pitched, 41 to 10 strikeout to walk, and a 1 1 and change whip, 1.44. He's been absolutely lights out for them. The ERA, I even think, is inflated because he had one start where it was an error by Devers, an error by Bogarts, but they just called them hits. I don't know why. And then a three run home run. So that really fucked his ERA. He's been absolutely lights out for us. Let me share my screen with you guys and I'll. To all the listeners at home look at red sox stats it was a gif posted <laughs> and it's a his fucking change up is just stupid oh the literal wow. screwball 
I love it when the, the changeup breaks that much inside. It's so sick. So he he didn't throw his changeup. The, the part of the reason the Red Sox, the Yankees didn't protect him is he didn't have a changeup until he came to spring training this year and learned it from Matt Andrees, which, by the way, biggest contribution to the Red Sox of Matt Andrees is teaching him the changeup. He <laughs> sucks. Like, I would DFA him and just be like, thanks for teaching him the changeup. Nice job, man. Like, so he's – I think he's going to be a starter next year. They, they don't want to start him this year because you have to have him on the roster the whole year. So you don't want him burning out and sucking. And then you're like, oh, fuck, we got to keep this guy. So they've been using him in the bullpen, but I like his future. He's a good player. And we got him from the Yankees, which is just like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. All right, so I'll go with my pitcher. Uh, I wanted to highlight Emmanuel Classe. He's the 23-year-old rookie closer for the Indians. He was actually part of the Corey Kluber trade last offseason, who, you know, Texas totally got fleeced. They only got one inning of Corey Kluber. And Classe has been absolutely lights out for them. Uh, sub one ERA in 28 and two thirds innings. He's 11 to 12 for saves. And more importantly, his stuff is electric. He throws a cutter that tops out over a hundred miles per hour. And he's fifth on the team in war, if that's important to anybody, but he's been absolutely sick as a closer. And the fact that you got him for an inning at Corey Kluber is, you know, the reason why Texas is one of the poverty franchises in major league baseball right now. And I, I remember when that trade went through, people were talking about, like, that's not enough for Kluber. People were like, that's all you got back for a two-time Cy Young winner? And now the narrative has flipped. To be fair, he got injured, I mean. Yeah. I mean, but he's also just not the same guy anymore. As yeah. Threw no hitter, though. He did throw no hitter. So did Wade Miley. And so did Spencer Turnbull. So did, like, half the league right now. But, though, actually, hold up. No hitters have stopped since, like, I think actually. Uh, Luber was the last one, I think. Luber yeah. was the last one, yeah. If you're not counting Bum, Bumgarner, yeah. Oh, right. Which I don't. No, nah, yeah, you can't count that. Six outs is too far. Yeah. All right, Steve, you got a pitcher? Uh, yeah, I had Joe Musgrove because I'm thinking of, I've been thinking more recently, and his last game, uh, no, he let no runs and only four hits through seven innings. And honestly, this year, he's just been pretty good overall. So I think he definitely deserves a shout out. Uh, also through a no hitter. I think he doesn't get talked about. Yeah, again, exactly. Like he's just been really good this year. And I think he sometimes gets overlooked on the Padres because you have guys like Machado, Tatis, right? You have big hitting people who kind of take the spotlight. So I just want to give him a little shout out, right? And basically like kind of highlight like, hey, he's, he's doing really well this year. Like people got to start paying attention. And you know what? I'll start off the hitters for us, too. Uh, Kyle Schwarber had five home runs in 13 innings. Like, What were those innings? What team was he playing against in those innings? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, hold up, hold up. Uh, Cece, can you help me out here? Um, wasn't I don't know. Uh, not sure. <laughs> of course. Like, God. I mean, to be fair, like, our offense went ice cold in those games, so it wasn't even that big of a deal. But, like, what? Kyle Schwarber, like he's having an underrated year. He is having an underrated underrated year, but I specifically chose him, and it wasn't even because it was against the Mets. Like oh, I, ha- I'll admit this freely. I'll admit this freely. Like I do like the Mets when I'm not rooting for the Yankees and they're not playing the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I'll root for the Mets, but it it is funny to see CC be upset. So Kyle Schwarber, but also five home runs in 13 innings is ridiculous. He had a two home run game and then a three home run game. Man, like, that's crazy. The, like the power is insane. So 
again, deserve the shout out, right? Also, just love to make CC squirm a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, in terms of using our shout outs for fucking adding people, like Garrett Whitlock is not my pick if he didn't get picked for me. <laughs> taken for the Yankees. <laughs> All right, so for my, for my hitter, I want to talk about Gavin Lux. Uh, so he was the number two prospect going into last season, which I kind of forgot about. And this is really the first time we're getting like an extended look at him playing every single game. And he's playing shortstop, which is the position that, you know, when he came up, he was supposed to be a shortstop prospect. Uh, with Corey Seager hurt, he's been playing there pretty much every single day. And he's not tearing the cover off the baseball since moving to short. He's hitting 264, 818 OPS. And he's not a great defender at short. He's a much better defender at second. But it, he's a guy to look out for because if he keeps showing that he can play at a major league level and hold down shortstop, Dodgers are going to have an inter- interesting decision with the uh, Corey Seager yeah. becoming a free agent this year. Bye-bye, Corey. I think he's bye-bye. And it's a lot like, Steve, you'll like this, uh, the comparison that I kind of have to the whole situation, it's a lot like the whole Glaber Didi. Whereas Glaber, when he came up, he was a second baseman and Didi was about to be a free agent. And it's kind of the same thing with Lux and Seager. I do like that. <laughs> so you're comparing Didi to Corey Seager and Glaber to Lux? No, he's, he's saying the same. Just, it's kind of like the same situation. Hmm. That's basically what he's saying. It's a young guy waiting in the wings to take over the shortstop position, basically for an incoming or soon to be free agent. I'm not comparing Didi and I like I'm comparing Gavin Lux defensiveness when I just ask a straight question is great. I love it. <laughs> verbal gymnastics right there. All right, I got uh Buster Posey because he's been absolute maniac this year, especially at the catcher position, which is one that you're not getting much out offense out of. Shut the fuck up, Yankee Uh offense out of this uh this year. Catchers <laughs> just not getting nothing. What's up? I said you already knew what was going to be said. Is that yeah, that was a necessary preemptive fight. No, I, I I walked right into that one. I'll, I'll admit. But Posey's WAR is two point one, slashing three twenty nine, four eleven, five seventy two, just nine eighty three OPS. Uh, he only has fifty games under his belt because he's a catcher; he doesn't play every day. But uh, I mean, he's been absolute maniac. I I well, love Mr. Posey. He's one of the guys also who the Giants, like we talked about, have been kind of a surprise. He's yep. one of the guys. He's been helping them out a ton. Yeah. Also a guy that like, I feel like a lot of guys had such like fond memories of growing up watching those Giants teams and everyone wanted to put him in the hall of fame, but they kind of knew it was, it was a stretch. And now it's like, all right, you can put him in. Like he, he got us this. I, I was like, I was thinking the exact same, same thing. He needs another like season or two. Okay. He's close, but he, he needs a little bit more. Catchers get the leeway though. Yeah. And he also, they have two world series. Three. Was he there in 2010? Yeah, he was the he was a rookie year in 2010, and he was the NL MVP in 2012. Okay, so yeah, that's that's three MVP. I I think actually that he may be he's close. He's borderline. We can do an episode on that one day. I think the off season we're gonna do a lot of those episodes because we're not gonna have that much content. Yeah. I don't know. We're probably we're not gonna post every week in the off season, but we're gonna need some kind of content. Yeah. So we'll we'll go over that kind of stuff. All right. So my guy is the guy that if you haven't heard of, you I don't know got hit in the head. Shohei Otani, he's freaking beast. I think the one thing that I'll say about Otani is that did anyone know he had power like this? Like the dude had leads the league in barrel percentage. He's ninety eight percent average exit velocity, and uh, was he a hundred percent in max exit velocity? I don't even know the difference. And he's a hundred percent in expected slugging. Like what? I thought this guy was gonna be like a, I don't know, like a doubles guy. No, max exit velocity is just his best exit velocity is 
compared to every other player's best exit oh, okay. just like the one hit i mean the guy's like more of a slugger than i feel like people anticipated yeah. he's uh yeah, he's been going off this year yeah his k rate's still not great but i mean who cares he's also his sprint speed is like one of the better in the mlb too he steals a lot he used to steal a lot of bases literally like what can like he's more than a five tool because he pitches like a 10 tool yeah and I, I was thinking like with a season like this he could potentially like put himself in the like rankings for like best war in like a modern era day because i looked up top war with like dudes in like the 1800s like who gives a shit but like there's like guys in like the 80s with like like 12 war and like he could easily that a seven. What was what was I'll look it up, but what was Bet that's in 2018 is probably up there. Yeah, he was like 10 point something. And it's like that's that's doable. Like Otani could have like a six point something offensive war and then like four point something pitching war. And also on top of how well he's hitting, because he hit what five home runs this week, he pitched six innings in the middle of that streak. He hit like two <laughs> home runs, home run, pitched six innings. Gave her one run and then hit two more home runs the next two games. Yeah, Betts was 10.9. That's pretty good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he's on the Angels, but what are you going to do? I mean, he made that decision. So, I mean, it's better to be on the Angels than like. Actually, also, he's better he's on the Angels than something that would diminish what he's done. If he's on like Colorado, it's oh, true. everyone would just be like, oh, he's just playing in Colorado. So I think it's better that he's in LA. You but... know, Angels is not a hitter's ballpark. Yeah, which also, is why it's so impressive. Uh, he's been the first one to confirm that he's definitely hitting in the home run derby. So oh, yeah. That was too. That's crazy. Is, I mean, he – hypothetically, is he the star, AL starter? Huh. Real starter? Um, I think. Oh, because Glasnow is out. And even Bieber, I, I, even so, I mean, it's probably Cole or him. Bieber's up there too, but I Bieber's probably, injured. He's not going to pitch. Then, I guess it's Otani. Yeah, that's or Lance Lynn. That's so boring, though. Yeah, Lance Lynn's just a fast. I mean, if you're if you're trying to get ratings, especially if like, oh my, oh, if fucking Otani wins the Derby and then starts the All Star game the next day, the MLB yeah. Instagram page min thirty posts. <laughs> min. I think they post uh, as every they would dedicate an entire post to every single home run during the derby like home run number one here's number two here's number three well the impressive thing about otani too is just the like his his home runs he's not getting like cheap home runs like you know like he's not getting like a yank like a yankee-esque home run like over a short board he's hitting bombs nukes as a pitcher like it's it's almost scary to watch like when you're watching him at the plate you have to also remember Oh yeah, and then he's gonna go back on the mound and fucking throw, you know, a couple innings for them, and you know, barely let up any runs. Like, he's not getting lit up this year either. So he really is like the double threat, and I think he definitely makes a name for himself in the in the MVP race for the AL. I don't now. Do I think he's gonna win? No, I think Vladdy's gonna take that as of right now, but. I think he definitely makes an argument. You could definitely make an argument for him if he keeps it up. No, for sure. I think Otani has it right now just because of the fact that he's pitching and hitting. It's him versus the wagon. Yeah. I mean, the wagon, the wagon gives him bonus points, but still. Yeah. He's also like playing in Canada. Actually, he's not playing in Canada, but playing for the Canadian team. All right, moving on to prospects. Steve, you want to put in AirPods or you know, get a snack, take a bathroom break? This is your time. I mean, I got a rookie. I got another rookie. Okay, fair enough. I'll start off. Um, 
I already did him, but I'm doing him again because I love him. Uh, Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran. 60, 60 hit, 55 power, 70 speed, 50 glove, 45 arm. Uh, very Jacoby Ellsbury-esque. Oh, no. Fuck you guys. Um, the reason he's getting the shout out today is because he had a three-run walk-off home run today uh, in Worcester, AAA. He's gonna, I think he's coming up soon because Danny Santana's just not cutting it. Uh, and through 30 games, he's got 12 home runs and nine stolen bases. Through a full season, that's 60 home runs and 45 stolen bases. Obviously, you just can't do that through 30 games, like extrapolate like that. But still, that's fucking crazy. Um, a good story came out today on the Boston Globe because, I mean, it's Father's Day. We're recording this on Father's Day. People don't know that. Um, his dad is a weightlifter. So when COVID happened and he said, you know, I'm going to lose my lose all this time, he went back and moved in with his parents in San Diego and was just trained by his weightlifter dad for months. And I have a before, I have before and after pictures, and it's pretty fucking crazy. This guy is like, so this is him two years ago. Athletic dude. Looks pretty good. And this is him now. Whoa. <laughs> he he yeah. just got abs. He was a, uh, by the way, also for the people that can't see, he's wearing a Shroot Farms tank top, which is absolutely fire that I would buy in a second if I found it. That's an he, alpha right there. Look at that. He's like right in crazy shape now. And he was a speed first guy. And he it looked like he was just going to be like a contact guy and then steal some bases. But now he's hitting nukes. He was second on their team in home runs in the spring training behind Dahlbeck. I mean, he's, he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. That's interesting. Strowman's another guy with a huge dad. His dad's like a weightlifter guy. You wouldn't expect it. Uh, I got a prospect. I got something you've never heard about, something you've never heard before. An Angels top pitching prospect. Mind blowing. Impossible. Yes. Detmers. What is his first name? Okay, just Detmers. Sorry, Detmers. I don't know your first name. But uh, shout out to. Nick Trujillo, he wrote an entire article on this guy. He, uh, today, his start was today. He's like, he's ranked like the 58th prospect in baseball. He started off the game with nine strikes and three strikeouts. I don't know if it's ever happened in MLB. I mean, obviously, he's in the minor leagues, but like an immaculate inning starting game is just big dick energy. And, uh, he finished the game with what was it, third, uh, 14 strikeouts. And he has a 15.9 strikeout rate in double A. So, I mean, good news for Angels fans. You might get a pitcher for once in your life. He's oh, ton. Looking at this thing, this guy's fucking this is crazy. Two things that are just insane about this guy. First off, the double A Angels team is the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Trash Pandas. I was going to say that. Say, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great name for a minor league team. <laughs> oh, really? Reed he was drafted last year, the 2020 draft. In he was a first round pick, tenth overall, and he's in Double A. Wait, how old is he? He's 21. Oh, okay, so he's old. Oh, so he went to college. He went to college, but still, like Double A, that's an aggressive assignment for a first year. I mean, he's dealing, so good for him. But wow, I was just shocked when I saw an Angels top pitching prospect. I was like, I gotta talk about this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's dominating stuff. Hopefully, he gets called up soon. I mean, they, they called up Joe Adele really early, so I feel like the Angels are cool with just, like, flinging him out there. Probably be next year just because it's be the first year minor leaguer, but. Yeah, he's still he's still in double A. He's got a, he's got a little bit to go. I mean, his ERA in the year is three, so he's dealing, but yeah, that's some stuff to work on. I mean, we'll see. High wall rate. 
Okay, that makes sense. I guess I'll go with my rookie now. A uh, quick shout out to uh, James Caprellian of Oakland. He's actually in the majors right now. Um, he was the final piece of the uh, very unfortunate Sonny Gray trade that the Yankees had a couple of years ago. And he's actually pitched very well so far. He's only had six starts, 2-8-4 ERA, 42 strikeouts and 30 innings pitched. And he did pitch against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium uh, earlier this week. And he pitched really well. He had a lot of confidence on the mound. He didn't actually pitch that bad. He only gave up three hits. Unfortunately, two of them were home runs. But he looked very good. And that makes that trade look even worse now if he continues to shove. Steve-o? Who else did you give up in that trade? Uh, it was Dustin Fowler and Jorge Mateo, neither of which panned out for Oakland. So he's the only guy that has a shot at, you know, okay. contributing to Oakland. Right. Oh, yeah, you do. I put a, I put a rookie. I put yeah. Trevor Rogers just because man's been going off. His last game, uh, he had six innings pitched, only let up one run uh, and only three hits. And throughout the season, he has a 1.8 seven ERA in uh, 14 uh, games, uh, 95 strikeouts. So he's been doing really well, and he's one of those he's wasted on the Marlins. Well, they have a future. They, they do have a future, but I do feel bad because I think they're one of – I think they're kind of like one of those teams. They're, they're going to they're gonna have a few good years, and then they're going to go back down. So I think I, – I don't see him staying there long term. I like this Marlins core, though, and I think he's a big part of it. Hitting. Gross. Yeah. They have a good young rotation they're building up. They just need hitting. Yeah, and Trevor Rogers is the front runner, right, for uh, rookie of the year? Jazz is up there, too. I think so. Right now, yeah. I think he is, but I, I don't want to say something. I mean, Cabrian could have like some crazy second half because he didn't really fly. But... By the yeah. way, we were talking about uh, Otani before. I just saw this on Instagram, so I, I want to bring it up. This was his week. Tuesday, oh, yeah. Tuesday home run. Wednesday home run. Thursday, six innings pitched, one earned run, five strikeouts, got the W. Friday, two home runs. Saturday home run. Sunday home run. Kid's a stud. Kid's a, kid's a stud. He's red hot, and he's just amazing. You know, that, and that's just a week, that's a, that's a week for him. So we were just talking about him before, and then I saw that, and I was like, man. Man's a, man's a beast. Like he's an alpha. I don't even know what to say. Like he's an alpha. He's an alpha. All right. Are we are we doing the the Biden versus Trump uh, era debate? What? Wow. The Biden. It's the Biden versus Trump level debate. So really uh, shit. The replays. Nobody wins in the end. <laughs> oh, the re- Oh, I I honestly had no idea where you're going with that. <laughs> That's funny. I got yelled at last time for nearing politics, and then CC said that. I was like, "Oh shit, are we gonna go full on?" Listen, no one, no one said anything yet. So, Steve takes thoughts on Israel. No, Steve, Steve, you do the opening statement here. No, uh, no, no, no. We're not. We're... All right, replays. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're doing this replays. Was, this was really this started by right. the play in Toronto, Toronto versus the Yankees, where right, so for some background, I actually I hinted at it before and i said we'll get into it later so we're getting into it now uh there was a play in the ninth inning where uh somewhere a thrown there was a throw to third base and vladimir guerrero was tagged out blue jays challenged it right because he would have been the tying run and they lost the challenge and he was still called out now there was a fight because 
in our group chat because we have nothing better to do uh, about whether or not, you know, if the call was inconclusive, right? Because that's what they ended up saying. Basically, they couldn't see clearly whether he was out or safe. Do you go back to the umpire's original ruling or uh, I'm hoping I'm saying this right for CC. I'm sure CC's going to say I'm mischaracterizing what he said. I'm going to yell that in a second. Yeah, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get yelled at either way. But I think what CC is saying is that it should only go strictly on the replay, not by the umpire's call. Yeah, more or less. I think uh, for our side to work, we definitely need more camera angles. We need more definitive angles. I think it depends on the ballpark, how many cameras you have. In also, fairness to uh, the Blue Jays in that situation, they're also playing in like a minor league field. Yeah. They're not allowed in Canada. There's also, though, like um, when they take it, when they take it to New York, they have different camera angles that like we don't get to see. Mm-hmm. But, so, I mean, it's hard to make the argument. But I think just on that play in particular, it highlights an important topic where like the replay system has become where it's just the oblate the blatant missed calls are reversed yes but if there's any type of closeness like we've seen like the ridiculousness with like the alec bohm like a month or month or two ago and it, i feel like it's similar to here where it's like 85 percent chance uh vladdy was safe so why are we going with the original call on a guy that didn't have the best angle. Why are we not going off the replayed version, slowed down pixel by pixel? We can see that he's more likely than not safe. Why are we calling him out based on the original call? It just doesn't make sense to me. I also think that a lot of these calls that are bang, bang, I'm not blaming the umps at all. I mean, right. there's no way I'm doing better. I'm just saying that these are tough calls and they're more or less guessing. Yes. Why are we putting more weight into that than what we know happened? I we think I don't think they're putting more weight into it. I think the thing is, if it's inconclusive, I don't think I think for you to overturn the call on the field, right? Because let's be honest, the umpire is the authority on the field. That's his job. His job is to keep the game moving, make calls, right? He's the authority on the field. Blue you lives matter, right? What? Blue lives matter. <laughs> oh my god. Uh <laughs> I'm going to just ignore that before I get canceled by one side or the other, but, <laughs> but Dude, you have, now you have to clarify. Cause now, cause now you have to clarify. Otherwise you're going to get canceled. What side do you want? No, I'm Dude, not just keep going with the argument. We don't have to. Do <laughs> going to see, I'm going to get canceled the third way. I'm literally going to see like on Twitter one day, Steve refuses to take a side. Like, I'm of dark. I'm of dark complexion, so you already know what side I'm on. You three is the question mark. Hey, hey, hey! Now we're getting wow. Let's we're keep this moving, Steve. He <laughs> plays. So my point was, he's the authority on the field. If there's no actual evidence to show that he's clearly wrong, no, you oh can't God. overturn the call. What does that mean? What does that mean? Clearly, means that if you can't see in the replay one way or another that the umpire was wrong, right? Which listen. You couldn't in the replay. Yes, you could. I know you couldn't. Bro, okay. What do you mean by clear? Because what do you think he was safer out based on the replay? I didn't know. I no, said no. you texted us. You from some angles he looked safe, but f- there was one where he looked like he was tagged before he hit the base. So if I you... thought I thought he was safe, but that's based on what I saw. Steve, but there I... are angles. There were other angles. Let's break this down. Okay. I hire my connections with the IRA 
We kidnap you, <laughs> put a bag over your head, musket, locked and loaded. You have to say if he's safe or out. What are you saying? I'm saying he's as a Yankee fan, I'm biased. I'm going to say he's out. But based on the all right, based on the replay, I thought he may have been safe. What the? Get the May out of there. Get the May out of there. Give give a definitive answer. All right, I'll say he's safe. Thank you. But I don't know. All right, but here's the thing, Cece. Cece, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. They like you said before. They probably have other camera angles and stuff they're looking at in New oh, York. I have the killer argument. I have the killer argument. Oh, oh go, go. That ump doesn't know either. Thank you. That ump okay. didn't know either. He called him out, but he didn't know. It's a okay. fucking. It was a more or less right. a guess. But that all right. But your argument right now goes to why there should be a replay, and I agree with that one hundred percent. If the ump doesn't know, I don't. I agree. I will give you that. If the ump doesn't know, I don't think he should make the call. I think there should be a rule where he can look, go like point at the camera, look at the replay, right? I agree with that. I'll give you that. But I that, don't. That would fall into the jurisdiction of the Vladdy play. Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree on that one. Maybe. Here's the other thing I will say, though, is, you know, sometimes the play is still going, right? You have if to you make, don't a, make call. a call. What do you do? Right. Why? You have to make a call. But I, I just saying that once you go into the replay, that call really doesn't have much merit. All right. But that's basically – all right. I, maybe I phrased it wrong. It's not going back to the umpire's call. He's already making a call based on the play. What do you want him to do? If there's nothing conclusive either way – but he's not go back to the original call. I'm not on the umpire. The umpire is not making the decision based on the replay. It's someone in New York is phoning into them, yes. telling them. Yes, I know. But what do you want that person to do? Right. To make the call based on what he sees. Whatever he but thinks. Is, the, the umpire, I actually think that, like, obviously you can't just isolate the person in New York. They shouldn't be told what the umpire's call is. They should be yes. making their decision on their own merit. Yeah. They have more information than anyone on the field. They are in front of computer screens, TV screens. They shouldn't know. I don't think they should know what the umpire said. They should make their decision based off of what they're seeing. That's the best call. I think that this is this is a talk about we're, we're a baseball podcast. We're talking about this. I think it's a worse issue in football because I think football, sometimes it's, it's egregious, but they don't oh, want to go yeah. against the other end. They just refuse to reverse yeah. it. Right. Especially the pass interference. But that that's another story. But in baseball, I think I agree with you, Steve. There are moments where, especially in the playoffs, where the ump just shouldn't make a call. He shouldn't make a call and they should just go to replay like the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, and, I, and that's, that's, I think my opinion that I think that's kind of another argument, but I will agree with you on that. However, I think that I think the reason a call has to be made is one, right. If there's a situation, right. It's a say it's a situation. It's a final out of the game, right. If you don't call it and there are other people on base, what like, you know, you can't just stop play because, you don't, you don't know. Other guys could have been running, right? What, is, what do they do? You send them back, you send them forward. I think it opens up other problems. No, fair enough. I think that's why you have to make the call on the field. And my argument is, if you can't look at the replay, and I, you can make, even make the argument, I get see what CC saying, that the ump shouldn't even be involved. The problem is, is he's already involved. And I, I really think, I don't know. I think if it's inconclusive, I think I, for me, a challenge has to be when they look at it, they can clearly see the ump was wrong. The original call has to be clearly wrong for them to overturn it. I don't think it should be now be a new investigative thing. I think it's now should be a, when you're looking at a replay, 
you are looking to overturn the call. You're not looking for a whole new call. You're looking strictly to overturn the umpire's call. I don't give a fuck about the umpire's feelings. I want the right call. Right. You thought, gun to your head, you think, you think that Vladdy is safe, but they called him out. They got I, the call wrong. I That's thought, the wrong call. They got the call. From what I saw on television, I thought he was safe. Okay. However, the view on television was not the best one, which I do agree with CeCe. I think the guy in New York definitely has some better views. But I think if he sees that, he can just go to the umpire and be like, listen, from what I'm seeing on my t- on my screen, right, I think he's safe. Umpire turns around and goes, all right, we're overturning the call. He's safe. If the guy in New York isn't making that call, umpire makes that – It's all, the umpire already made his call. You don't overturn it. But That's at, basically my argument. Steve, at the end of the day, you're favoring one dude making a subjective call over another, which I don't understand why. Someone has to make a, a subjective, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong decision, right? Like the umpire at the time it's happening is not 100% uh, sure of his decision. Just like we're saying the replay guy is not necessarily going to be 100% sure. So why would you rather the guy who makes that decision be the guy in real time who's seeing it in the blink of an eye rather than a guy who can slow down and watch it pixel by pixel with different angles? I'm not – no, CC. I'm saying that if the guy who's watching it, clo- like, pixel by pixel, still can't even see if it's conclusive or not. Because I was the same with Vladdy. There was – He, there, he the, should make a, a subjective decision instead of the ump. But the, that's what he's doing. His decision is – No, he's not. He's not. He's saying revert back to the original call. It's inconclusive. Like he's, he's like, I can't make a decision. It's close. So I'm just going to go with the original call. Yes. It's exactly. not enough to I think if there's not enough evidence to overturn it, you keep that original call. Steve, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that you would rather make that subjective choice based on a slowed down replay rather than in real time? Yes, I understand what you're saying. So you want you want the ump who's seeing it in real time to make an unsure call and not the guy watching six replays in New York. Yes or no suffices? Yes. Okay. There's nothing to argue. I mean, there's nothing yeah, to argue if, if that's the case. There's nothing to argue. Do you have anything as the mediator? I've just been more the moderator to steer us away from oh, fair, concerning fair. political uh, yeah. detours. Dude, Colin Kaepernick, I mean, <laughs> not even going to complete the sentence. Not even going to complete the sentence. All right. Well, Stephen, you might have gotten me on Long Island, but I'm going to take uh, half a W at least on this one. Because I Rob think says you're completely half. wrong. I don't even – I don't, you know what? I'm not getting into it. We are, oh, Steve, but you, you, why, like, we rather have the guy with eight views and can slow it down than the guy seeing it in real time. Do you not get why we want that? No, I do get why you want that. However, his job is to see if the umpire is right or not. It's not his job. Steve, that's what it is currently. You can that's change jobs. What it should be, not what it is now. We're saying it should be where he's making the call. And that's yes, I think it's good right now. That you're explaining our debate. I'm arguing to change <laughs> it. That's yeah, and I'm point. saying you shouldn't. I'm saying you should not change it. You're saying you shouldn't because you shouldn't. So, but yeah, no, you need to, like, why do you want the ump to make the call rather than the replay guy? Because I think if the replay guy cannot right listen no, shut the fuck up <laughs> reason for why the ump in real time I'm should make the- it, not the ump. and don't just go listen 
the up there. Give me a fucking reason. I'm giving you a reason, but you keep interrupting me. You're Shut up right now. If the replay guy cannot make a conclusive no, no, give that's my argument though. If he can't make a conclusive call, why the fuck wouldn't the call go to the umpire? If the replay guy cannot make a conclusive call, how the fuck can the guy on the field? Because it's his how fucking fuck job. He make a conclusive it's his call fucking job. Guy. What is the replay guy's job? The replay, guy, the replay guy's volunteering. It's not his job. Bro, the umpire's job on the field is to make calls for the game. And That's the replay really what guy's job is to make calls in the booth. Your point. Exactly. <laughs> Bro. If, oh my God, no, you know what? No, I'm done. I think we're just, gonna more gonna, we're just never going to agree on this. We're making another one for I, I, I just, I, I know we're not going to agree. I just want to understand why you want the ump. Why? And don't, don't give me the conclusive bullshit. Why do you want the ump making the call and not the replay guy? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get that. We can agree. I'm fine disagreeing once I hear you're a good, like a reason. He is the authority on the field. His job is to be the authority on the field. That falls within his jurisdiction. You know what? That is his job. Hit us up. We're, we're going to make an IG by the time this is uploaded, right? Um, I'll, I'll upload it sometime tomorrow. So if you guys do it tomorrow, then yeah. Okay, so like hit us up. Is Steve being a dumbass or do you somehow agree with him? Let us know. We're I know. I, I, I don't think Steve's side is the worst side ever. No, I, don't, I don't think people agreeing with him, I don't think it's an – I just, I just want a reason. That's all I want. Yeah, no, Steve definitely has, like, at least 50% of MLB's – No, I think, I think it's going to be a close vote. It's just yeah. – I <sighs> just want a reason, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 doing, reason. I'm doing my best Garrett I Cole impression. I gave you a reason. to us, for Pete's sake. <laughs> For Pete's sake, just understand me. <laughs> but it's just like I don't. Hold up, all right. You know, you know, the authority, oh, like, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I, I know that we're running way over what we wanted to do, but <laughs> like, you're saying he's the that's his job and he's the authority. But let's say it is a call where it's blatant that he's wrong. You're going against his authority anyway. So it's Again. not like he's a be-all, end-all. You're just saying that oh, when it's close, like there's a line where oh, it's too close now. Yes, pretty much. Okay. Because <laughs> listen, if he's clearly wrong, then the guy can look at the cam the replay guy can look at the camera and be like, You're clearly you're clearly wrong, right? I'm overruling you on this. Is this just because you are an ump? You, you just like have like like the, I'm not an ump. The I'm a former bat, ump. what do they call it in New York City? The the bro blue brothers, what is it? Like the code that the police the police officers don't oh, like rat on. What is it called? Oh, the blue line. The blue line, whatever it is. is. Is it that kind of thing where you just have like solidarity with umps? <laughs> yeah, bro. We take our beatings from managers, we kick them out, and we stick together. Oh, I, uh, all right. I think this was a highly successful uh, week, too. The date went far better than I could have imagined. I'm a little disappointed, Sean. Sean was too busy trying to keep us from talking politics. He didn't partake in the debate. <laughs> no, Sean was a necessary part of this. Yeah, no, Sean played a major role in keeping this podcast alive. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you for all support. Hit us up again. We love hearing like uh, requests and just like how you're enjoying it, what parts you guys like. Uh, we're going to be back for week three. Us, please, friends, family, we take anybody. We're here. Yeah. If you're a baseball fan, we're here for you. Exactly. We'll be back on Monday for week three. Uh, everyone.
everyone agrees. We need to ta- uh, yeah, DM us ideas on like sign offs because we need we need a sign off. True. Yeah, this is hella awkward. All right. We also need an intro because yeah, that that's not great either. True. All right. Until yeah. next time. Until next time, everybody.